Welcome to Top Advisor Marketing, where you will learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your practice. Brought to you by Top Advisor Podcasting, a done-for-you podcasting solution built just for trusted advisors. And now, your co-hosts of Top Advisor Marketing, Kirk Lowe and Matt Halloran. Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. Today, Kirk and I are going to talk about what he's really learned over the last 15, really more than 15 years, but 15 years actively as a marketer, owning companies like Tactibrand and Top Advisor Marketing, and really the 14 rules of advisor marketing success. So Kirk, let's just jump right in, man. I mean, our listeners know that you are the marketing guru of our organization, and one of the marketing gurus of our industry. I love these 14 rules, but how do we kind of grease the skid so we get all of our listeners to really open up their ears, uh, you know, grab a pad of paper and start writing some stuff down. What's interesting is I wrote this five years ago and I said in my notes, I was celebrating 15 years of being uh, running my company and doing financial marketing. And it's five years really since that we're approaching our, our 20th or my 20th birthday or anniversary, if you will. Mm-hmm. And these rules have been stuff that have really helped me and my business keep going and helped our clients. So I want to explain, you know, that over my 20 years, you know, I've had to deal with the with the reality that most finan- the average financial advisor only spends about 2% of their revenue on marketing, which is a really small percentage, way below what um, you should be spending. And a couple of market collapses, specifically in 2008, which obviously makes advisors... Um, who are going through that not want to spend as much money on things they might consider frivolous, which is typically marketing, which gets cut um, early, which is odd because it's the one thing you probably shouldn't be cutting when things get tougher. Mm -hmm. But a lot of these lessons, you know, some of these were hard lessons for me over my career in working, helping advisors and specifically, you know, uh, doing my own marketing and, and growing a company myself. So I think they're, they're in the trenches ideas that I want to share and before I start with the 14, I think the really important part is to start with the 15th rule. And I didn't put this one in here because this is, I would call this an umbrella one. Hmm. But the idea is in the 15th rule is that, um, and I think it might be the most important, is that when you're building your business, any business, the more, the better the business you build, um, everything that you're doing is working towards big, bigger opportunities. And sometimes, you get luckier in your career and those come sooner. Sometimes they come a little bit later, but when you've done the work, you're ready for those moments. And I think that's something that a lot of people don't think about every day. And I understand that, but when you work your tail off and you do all the right things, even sometimes when it feels like it's not making a difference, keep chugging along because creating the value and running a good business and doing the right things will pay off because when that opportunity presents, and it likely presents itself because you're there and you've done those things, you'll be ready for it. And there's lots of companies who try to push ahead and look like they're that, um, and they're not, and then they're going to fail when those opportunities come. So just work your butt off and be ready for those good opportunities. Be searching for them, be open to them, but um, be ready for them. All right, let's dive into number one. So you 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 know started with the end in mind. Let's go ahead and go to, to number one, yes. which you've listed as be different or better. Yeah, so so most of you are offering similar products and similar solutions. That's what the financial industry is. I know there's 
unique products and special areas of specialization. But most consumers see this as a commoditized industry for the most part. And the reality is, is most people are indeed offering the norm. So if you want to, you know, a great rule for success in this industry is find ways to stand out. And you have to find ways that you can be different, but that difference ought to make, um, ought to be better for the people that you want to work with. So um, consumers might not realize that they have a choice of different or better, but it's your job to help them understand, right? So start finding what separates you, uncover that, articulate it. It's almost always a good idea to find somebody to help you do that because it's very hard looking inward at your business. I've had input over the years from friends and colleagues about my business because I'm in it, even though we're marketing and branding people, it's always a good idea. And then you want to nurture your brand. Nurtured brands really elude most financial companies. So most companies seem to be fine competing in this red sea and not trying to differentiate, but you know that the ones that differentiate, they always seem to rise, they seem to rise above if, if they're well run. So that's what rule number one is. Rule number two is about being as valuable as you possibly can. This is where your brand gets experience, right? And it seems like a no-brainer to be uh, valuable, but a lot of advisors are trying to be everything to everyone, and that doesn't, that doesn't work. You have to find a focus, find your niche expertise, find a niche audience that cares most about that expertise, and be as valuable as you can. The interesting thing about being valuable with a niche is you can be more valuable with a specific type of client and expertise because you can keep building and building on that area versus trying to be valuable to everybody. So there's a distinct advantage that people have when they develop a niche that others don't. And that's probably one of the greatest things about developing a niche that nobody ever told you. Hmm. Number two. All right. So number three is about being relevant. So relevant means that if your expertise isn't wanted and needed and very desirable for your audience, and if you can't prove that to them, then you're not, you're not relevant. So you want to find the people that ought to care most about what you do and where your expertise is, and then find a way to connect with those people. That's another reason that being a niche is so important, or finding the people who care most about what you do and marketing only to them. That's really critical. And a lot of advisors and financial companies struggle because they'll have a group that they feel really competent helping, but then there's there's these other people, you know, it's like, I met, uh, talked to a gentleman this week who talked about, you know, we really are good working with physicians. I love working with them, but I also help widows. Thinking those are huge. Those are very different audiences, right? And they, they're not hanging out in the same places. It's a different message to go to both of them. And I, I said, I think you're going to have to, to, to look at one of those. It doesn't, if you work with physicians, if that's your focus, it doesn't mean you can't work with widow, with mm-hmm. widow, right? But you're, you're going to be more successful working with physicians, although there is more competition there because lots of financial advisors like working with them. Lots of don't either, but anyway. So be relevant is a really important thing to consider um, when we're talking about being more successful. So that was rule number three. Yeah, so rule number three, you can't be relevant to everybody. And I love that you highlighted the fact that you need to have a niche with that or a niche because it is vital. It's impossible, really, unless you have the marketing budget of 
you know, a Morgan Stanley or Northwestern Mutual behind you where you can market to absolutely everybody. Being successful in marketing really does give you the opportunity or or should force you to really figure out exactly who you're talking to. Okay, so number one was to be different or better. Number two, be valuable. Number three is be relevant. What is number four? So number four is be professional. And this one seems like an obvious one. And some most of these should seem obvious, but I think some of them get forgotten or maybe not a lot, a lot of attention paid to them. But being professional... The thing about being professional isn't just to be professional in certain areas of your business. It's to be professional in all areas of your business. Right? I see. I see advisors. I go into their offices, and they have incredible, you know, uh, entrance rooms, right? Um, and uh, and then the meeting rooms aren't as nice. Or I, or I've seen advisors spend lots of money on a website, and their office is not very nice, or vice versa, right? They've got a wonderful office, very professional staff. And then their website's you know, horrible. It, it doesn't convey the same brand imagery, all that kind of stuff. So you, you've got to be professional across all mediums, how, you're, how your staff greet people, how you write emails to communicate, the message you use in your marketing, everything you want to have a consistency to it. And all those things become an impression, right? It's not just the first time, first impression that somebody sees that makes or breaks their impression of you. It's a collection of impressions that form an overarching. And the better job you do being professional in a lot of different areas builds up your credibility equity. And then if something doesn't go right, you're less likely for them to, you know, to bow out and get and have a, a bad impression of you because you had so much equity built up with them. So I guess you could call it capital too. So anyway, it's really important to be make a great impression over a lot of, in a lot of different areas of your business. And that's number four. Right. And number four leads us directly into number five. And I love, I love the sequence of this. So what's number five? So number five is being social. So the idea of being social is really about meeting the people, meeting the people used to mean doing seminars, networking groups, everything face to face. Then, and I would say to a degree, voice to voice, right? Making phone calls, cold calls. Now, so being social is actually, you know, digitally um, being social on on a on digital network. So um, you have to understand how to use social media. Um, a lot of advisors have been coached and given advice on how much opportunities there are with social media. My guess is that most people listening to this have not had the success that they think they should or that they were told they ought to have using social media. And there's some reasons for that. The first one is I'm kind of getting into some stuff that we're going to be sharing a little bit later, but is having authentic content um, that is yours. So it's you getting all the kudos in your social. The other one is being able to have a really uh, social and friendly uh, communication style, always giving instead of looking for stuff, which is a huge mistake that most people make on social media. But the idea here is that and then, and then giving them a glimpse into, into who you are, how good of a communicator you are, how involved in the community you are, what your personal interests are, showing that personal side of, of who you are in business is really critical to people wanting to work with you and feeling connected to you. So being social is an absolutely critical part. So if you felt like social media didn't work in the three months you tried back in 2017, so you've shut it down, um, don't, don't continue with that stance. It's crazy. Find ways to be consistent as you can be 
and stick to that. If you can only um, do a couple of posts a week, that's fine. But put the attention into getting back in and building some credibility in your social networks. And don't forget to be, you know, face to face, right? Be out there, see the people face to face too. be part of networking groups. Talk about, you know, your podcast, your blog, the things that you're doing that um, showcase your expertise, uh, the white paper that you wrote, things like that. Make sure you're talking about those as well. So that's it for number five. All right, let's keep, let's keep, you're on a roll, brother. Keep going. Yes, I seem to do that, right? So, uh, so number six is uh, be strategic. So for every tactic, there should be a bigger game in play. So when you're talking about social media, right, social media doesn't work in, in a silo or a vacuum, right? There's no, you need to have other things going on. So for starters, you need to, and I just talked about this in the last one, is you need to have content that's high quality. So how do you take multiple tactics, put them together so that they, they create synergies among themselves and build the kind of momentum you need in your marketing and your business to be more successful? So being strategic about which things work best together, which things are, are reasonable costs that I should be spending. Sometimes advisors get caught up in feeling like if they spend more money on something, it means it's way better. That's not always the case, right? Um, so find what's going to work for you, what you feel like you can be consistent with, which is really important, which I think I just shared one of the rules coming up. But anyway, be strategic, have a plan, game plan for where social media fits, uh, where your seminars fit, where your email newsletter fit. Figure all that stuff out and make sure they're all coordinated and helping each other. And that's the kind of marketing you should be doing. And that's it for number six. Okay. Now, you you have highlighted this a little bit already, which is the consistency of your, your marketing. This is not one of those things that you can just do one blog, one white paper, five podcasts and be successful, right? Absolutely. So consistency is a huge success factor. And one of the biggest reasons is because trust is built through consistency. And you, you know, if, you know, all, all over the years of all the brands that I've helped build for financial companies, specifically advisors, when I ask them what differentiates you, they almost always say in the first couple words, trust, which is odd because you think that would be just the cost of doing business or, or the, the, the setting the standard, right? The standard is, yeah, to trust you. It's definitely not trust. Oh, I got to work with you because I can trust you. Trust should be the standard. What else, you know, okay, I trust you. Perfect. Now what else can you do for me? Right? So trust is built through consistency. So we talked about, um, we talked about social media works when you're consistent. Why? Because you're trying to build trust. That's one of the key outcomes of doing social media. It's one of the key outcomes of, of doing marketing in general is how do I build trust with people? How do they trust that I'm going to be around? So when people start to stop their marketing all the time, you're losing the, the equity, the trust equity that you built up. So it's a really important thing. So whatever you decide you're going to deliver, you need to be able to sustain it, right? So if you, if you decide you're going to do blog posts, podcasts, webinar, newsletter, seminars, whatever it is, do what you know you can follow through with and be consistent on. And make sure that that's important on your calendar. I've seen this lots of times um, for, for my, in, my, in my own world, and I've seen it a lot with advisors where stuff starts to happen in your practice and you stop doing the things that you said you were going to do to be consistent because you have fires and stuff like that coming up. You got to find a way to put a lot of tension on being consistent. 
make it a really important value in your company so that you're not canceling appointments with yourself to write that blog post or schedule that podcast or write the new one white paper once a quarter, things like that. Okay. So those are really important things. And, and the truth is, is that sporadic marketing does not work well. Mm -hmm. So every time you stop doing something, you wasted all the effort you just put in over the previous six months, three months, whatever happens to be. So it's a really bad idea to start and stop all the time. Even if you can validate it for some, what seem to be really good reasons, you're throwing away all that equity built up. You're losing the momentum, all those things. And social channels, as an example, LinkedIn, if you're consistently sharing, you're, you'll get um, LinkedIn likes that. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn doesn't like people who share once in a while and then go all hot and heavy and then, and then they, then they, they fall back or fall off. So there's algorithms in play, both with SEO and with the social uh, media giants that love consistency. And you know that too. So, well, I want to add like a seven a 7A here, which would be, you have to, you have to make it a commitment, right? You, you have to commit to it and do it. I, we just, we've seen that so many times that uh, people don't give that momentum. And actually then 7B would be while you're consistent, that's also going to give you that momentum. And, and you've said that a couple of different times here is there's a momentum that needs to be achieved in a successful marketing. Uh, and, and momentum is not something that you do from stopping and starting. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to recap real quick because you're halfway done. Uh, be different or better. Number one, be valuable, be relevant, be professional, be social, be strategic and be consistent. What is number eight? You should also be user-friendly. And the idea here is that you want to make it as easy as, as possible for people who might want to work with you or engage or experience your marketing or your wisdom, your expertise, make it as easy as possible for them to do so. Um, successful companies, they get this. And they, it's very, you can almost tell it's always easier to work with the best companies. They find a way to make it easy. And their marketing is a big part of that, right? So make sure that you explain to them that it's easy to get to know you. So make it make the stuff that's most important for them to get to know you upfront on your website. Let me give you an example. Lots of advisors, it, let's say you've got a podcast or a blog post or a white paper. I find a lot of times those are hidden objects, <laughs> if you will. It's like a, a, a seek and find game with on, on financial websites. Those should be front and center. Those are way better than you going on about, you know, your bio or about us. I'll be honest. People want to experience your, your expertise, your intelligence, how you communicate, all those things. So don't hide that stuff because it makes it more difficult for people to, to be able to experience you and engage you. And that's what marketing is really trying to achieve. So don't make it, don't make your, it difficult for people to experience. That's, that's a huge thing. Make sure that your message is succinct as possible. I find a lot of financial advisors want to hire companies or or themselves want to go on and on about their expertise. The truth is, is, you know, who they are, what they do, be as brief and concise as powerful um, as much because that's more powerful. So find ways to be punchy, say something interesting and let that be. Don't try to answer everything on a website. And a website is not, everybody's used to say your website is just an online brochure which I don't like that idea because brochures typically had a way more information about a company than you, than you necessarily needed. It's okay for there to be a bit of intrigue 
they don't know everything about you. So, well, you know what? I'm going to start listening to podcasts and see if I can learn more. Or I'm going to call them or, you know, it forces them to experience, to do other things to experience who you are. Doesn't mean you leave big gaps, right? You want to know some obvious ones like what you do, who you work with, how you work, things like that, who you help. But being user-friendly is a huge, important factor. So part of that is user interface on your website, but it's also making sure that your phone number's at the top of the page, things like that. Now, number nine is be everywhere. And, and I say this on the podcast a lot, which is, you know, you have to be in the medium in which your clients are while they're there in order to get their attention. So let's dive into number nine, which is to be everywhere. What do you mean by that? Yeah, so I mentioned in rule number five about being social, being out there. This is an extension of that. The idea is that you want to be in as many places as you can handle. And sometimes being in more places isn't that much more work. Let me give you an example. If you want to be in, in Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and, and LinkedIn because you, you have you found ways to connect with your audience there and you think there's no way I can run four of those, it's not actually true because you could use Hootsuite, which is a social media aggregator. I don't know if aggregator is the right word there, but um, you can send a calendar and so you can time stuff and you can communicate through those channels via Hootsuite. So Hootsuite is a good example of how to be in more places and leverage technology to, to get that done with efficiency, right? So you got to figure out ways to be in as many places as you can. There's also a lot of different benefits from things that you do that you want to be aware of too. So, you know, for example, if you have a blog, that also helps with SEO. In fact, the search engines favor people who produce authentic content. So they're always looking for original content, right? So if you're buying content and it's going on your website, you're not getting any benefit SEO-wise, mm-hmm. even if the big companies tell you are you're not. Search engines favor, their algorithms favor people who are producing their own content on a consistent basis and talking about the keywords and things. Um, so that's another reason that niche marketing works really well is you get known not just in the world, but on the internet for your expertise. So being everywhere is, um, you know, having good social profiles, trying uh, webinars, consider a podcast, uh, throw in a video from time to time. Now, I also said earlier, you got to be able to do what you can be consistent with. So you don't want to, you may not want to do all these things, but you definitely want to start building up towards it. And you want to be able to track the things that you're doing. So you want to be in places where, you you know, if possible, you can track uh, what's going on, you know, are people really engaging you on Instagram versus LinkedIn versus Facebook, things like that. Um, we, we're really right now leaning towards, um, not leaning towards, we're all in with LinkedIn. No, it's working really well for us. And um, um, we're excited about how well it's going to work for the advisors that are uh, started to use our micro influencer program, which is neat. So being in many places as it can be is a really important uh, rule. That's number nine. And don't overthink the 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 HubSpot Hootsuite thing that you're talking about. We we refer to those as a hub, Kirk. That's actually what we use. Uh, just because it is such a hub, it's a great place for um, all of those things to happen very, very smoothly. All right. Yeah, we're always pumping up Hootsuite, but there are other aggregation sure, tools, totally. too. You can check those out, yeah. too. Yeah, hey, um, so... I, I think a be be everywhere to me is probably the scariest thing that advisors I think struggle with a lot. But it's interesting because number ten is is something you and I struggle with 
when we're working with advisors. So let's dive into that, please. Yeah, and the idea is number rule number ten is to be interesting. So that means if you're if you're doing a podcast, as an example, and you're trying to come up with your you're going to do, let's say you're going to do two a month for years, twenty four topics, and you start realizing that half of the stuff you're really passionate about, and you can go really deep on the other stuff you've talked about so many times, or it's not really as important, um, then don't do those other twelve right? Find other things that are really interesting to talk about. Uh, one of the things that we're really pushing with our podcast clients right now is to try to um, talk about things and invite people of expertise outside of financial, right? So what about, you know, entrepreneurs looking to grow their business? If you're working with physicians, an example I gave earlier, can you give them advice on their practice or managing their stress, right? Because stress is a huge part of a physician's life. So there's lots of different things going on in those and your clients' worlds that you can add value to. You don't have to just be a financial podcaster, right? You can be a lifestyle podcaster who has a financial background, and you can you can work those. You'll always be opportunities to work in financial planning, right? Always will be, because that's such a big part of people's lives. How they manage their wealth or money um, gives them the freedom to do a lot of those things. So find ways to be as interesting as possible. The other thing is just to tell stories, right? Tell stories. Obviously, you can't give testimonial type um, stories, but when you're doing uh, because of compliance reasons, but tell stories because people love the to understand that you've been through and worked with people who are experiencing the same thing. So talk about those instances. Talk about how people felt when they were going through that, right? Because that's what they're feeling. So that makes people feel really good that you've already been there, done that, understand them, um, and that's one way to be interesting. Another way to be interesting is to is how you organize how you communicate with people. So Matt and I, um, maybe more me, but I'm really what's really important to me before I talk to people is always I want to have a list. For starters, it keeps me focused because I can go on tangents like crazy if you haven't noticed. <laughs> so I like to have lists. I like to have the list in front of me in a mind map, and I typically write a couple of points about it. I find less and less I need those bullet points because I just. I'm a lot more comfortable with podcasting and know the things that I want to say. I don't have to write it down. That's kind of what happens when you've done your 10,000 hours, right? Like my Malcolm Gladwell talks about. And you want to describe, you know, be clear with how you communicate. That's more interesting. Um, you also want to have dialogue, which we're not having as much of today because I'm ranting, but um, find ways to be interesting in your podcast. Don't be shy about showing your personality. That's going to help you with your marketing. Is, is trying to find ways to be interesting. And that also goes with it, in your meetings, right? Find ways to talk about interesting things. Find ways to, to talk about people's lives and dreams and goals um, and care about it. Because if you care about what you're talking about there, that that's always more interesting too. Well, Kirk, I think advisors do that in their meetings and then they get behind the microphone or they're you know sitting behind their, their computer to write and they, they just lose sight of that. The Best podcasters that we have that we're currently working with are so much more focused on that lifestyle podcast. It's brought to the community uh, by a financial advisor. So it's basically advertising, but you're positioning yourself as somebody who's really, truly trying to give back. And I think that's a great way to be interesting. Um, Some of the most fun podcasts that I've ever been on, either just from a production standpoint or even a hosting standpoint, are, are those podcasts. 
Yeah, I think that that's something I miss, sorry, Matt, oh. with the be interesting is share interesting things you're doing in your life. Yeah. Those are so powerful. Like if you've got a community initiative, yeah. talk about it in your podcast, right? Bring Engage the community that's interested in that. Um, if you're doing some really neat things in your personal life, like you're a, I talked yesterday to, we seem to know a whole bunch of um, ultra um, endurance athletes. So I talked to another one yesterday. We've worked with another one. His, his website, which I, I so love is endurofinancial.com. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Michael Br- Bisbee. Yeah. And we have another one, uh, Justin Bennett, which is bennettfinancial.com, um, who is, does endurance, uh, events as well. The other, the first two, the other ones I've met are triathlon guys. Mm-hmm. What's the, the big triathlon called? Ironman. Ironman. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So they've done those things. Uh, but the other guys, he does the same kind of thing, just not the Ironman uh, format. Hmm. I think Justin just did four marathons in four days in four different states. Oh, I something more than that. Was it? I, no, I mean, it was at least four. I, I actually thought it was six, but that, that's okay. I'm talking to him, actually. Those are interesting things to talk about. Yeah. Okay. Right. Now, now, this next one here, which is number 11, which is to be credible, Everything you've talked about, including the final three that we're going to talk about or whatever, it really lends to the credibility. So it's interesting to me that you put this as number 11 because I probably would have put this as 14 because all of this is the culmination of being credible. But let's talk about credibility, please. Yeah, I mean, credibility is really one of the most important things that you're trying to achieve with marketing. And it's, it's odd because I, I find that a lot of advisors and a lot of marketing companies don't give it the, the credence it deserves. And, and what, that, what I mean by that is marketers should have known a long time ago, and I certainly did. I, I was, when I was started out, I was building websites for advisors, realized these websites are just all going to all sound exactly the same if I don't figure out people's brands. So then I started doing branding and you know being better at that. Then I realized, well, I can have a brand and communicate that on a website, but if I can't prove the brand, then that's just as bad. So then I started, you know, saying, okay, well, we need uh, brand proof. So brand proof, how do you prove a brand, right? You have to showcase your expertise. So I said, well, we got to write a white paper or you got to start a blog, you got to start a podcast, you got to video, get webinars. You have, those have to be the most important parts of your website because you have to be able to prove your credibility and that's all marketing is marketing is saying i'm i'm intelligent i have this type of expertise and experience and these are the kinds of people i work with and the, and the consumer on the other end is saying okay well prove it buddy right now you know show me that you can do all those things that you're suggesting because i know that you can hire a great marketing copywriter I know that you can go to a website company, get a fancy picture, put it on the thing and make yourself look good. But are, can you actually, are you actually that intelligent? And the, the truth is, is that I've talked to financial advisors who claim they're experts in certain things. And I know they're not because I work with other advisors who are, and it's a different, totally different, you know, uh, conversation. So that was all, that was a part of what spurred me you know, you know, 10, 15 years ago of trying to get a lot better is I realized that I was meeting some really good advisors who had who were doing comprehensive planning, the real comprehensive planning. And I was talking to other advisors who were doing half of that and they were calling themselves comprehensive. I was writing all the marketing copy. 
I realized that they probably couldn't have, you know, proved it like the other ones. And I was like, and then I realized I can't just write marketing copy and make you look good. We have to find other ways to make you look better than the other person because you actually have more depth to what you do. And that's what actually started spurring me on to start creating content marketing and making a big part. And I've been doing content marketing for financial advisors for a long time, at least 15 years. In fact, my whole business started, the, 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 I'm, I'm in Canada, and the reason I do business, almost all of our business is in the U.S., is because I wrote a, a white paper, and I think it was about 20 pages long on marketing, financial marketing. It put everything, I, I had all kinds of ideas, and I pushed that white paper out. And the people who picked it up were American uh, financial media portals. Uh, they didn't pick it up in Canada. And that, that's really what started my career because that paper, uh, and, I, and I had thousands of downloads um, years ago, was huge for me. And it was because I was proving my, trying to prove my credibility. And I've been building on, building on that for years. And I've produced so much content um, that's helped me or us get you know, where we are. So it's been a huge part. Understanding how to build credibility and how to leverage, mar- how to leverage marketing to do that has been a huge and really important rule. All right, keep going. 12. Number 12, be resourceful. So there's going to be strategies that you put in place and those are going to work. They should work well if you're doing the right things and you're consistently doing them. You've got the right help, the right experts doing stuff like that. But the truth is, is in any business, there's always intricate things that you can do that come up that you can explore that somebody who's outside your business just isn't going to understand. Right. So let's say you've got, so you always want to be thinking about being resourced from a marketing perspective. So let's say that you happen to have an affiliation through a relative or a friend or something like that, or maybe even somebody that works in your office who has an in with a vertical that would be really good for you to work with. Why not um, leverage that opportunity to do marketing with inside that vertical and go for it? Sometimes you have to be open or why not um, leverage? Here's a a really interesting resourceful tactic I learned um, years ago. I think her her name was Sharon Johnson, something like that. She's an info marketer and she taught me about the idea of taking a raw um, audio or video file and turning that into multiple pieces of content. And guess what? We have a service now called content multiplication. But the idea, we were doing it for ourselves for years, but now we're doing it for advisors. And the idea is that if you could take one thing, and Gary Vaynerchuk is an absolute master at this. If you ever look at his stuff, or, or the concept is, is, let's say you do a podcast, or let's say you do a talk, one of those, you take snippets, highlights of that talk, give context in the social update, and share the snippet. Because on social media, when people are viewing it, if they don't have a lot of time in that moment, if you give them the option to take a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds to experience something, that is highly powerful from a social media standpoint, a marketing standpoint. So think about ways that you can be resourceful. For us, that was an incredible um, insight because we could take one piece of content, spend good time out of time on it. Just imagine we could take every one of these rules create a little audio clip and allow people to experience each of those rules over the course of two months, just feeding these out through LinkedIn. 
it's probably a good idea for us to do. <laughs> but I'll make sure the marketing team knows that because that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, in case we forget. But the, the being resourceful is really important. So look for opportunities to do some interesting marketing. You, you, it doesn't mean that's all you do. Because I've seen advisors who are always looking for the resourceful stuff, but they don't have the foundation in their marketing to be able to go after those. So every time they want to go after those interesting opportunities, um, they don't have the this, this stuff in place. So they're always creating, 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 right? And that really slows you down. What you want is to have a really good marketing base and any vertical opportunity or any neat um, instance where you can put your marketing in a different way or use your marketing in a different way, the marketing's already there. Right. So that, those things go really well together. I know I should move on to 13 and we should get close to wrapping this up. But number 13 is about being generous. It's really important that you stop thinking about giving away your, your, all your secrets to what you do from a financial planning perspective. You don't want that to be a secret. You want everybody to know your, your tactics, your ideas, your thoughts, your insights and all this stuff. That's what separates you from other people. People aren't going to steal your stuff. It's just not going to happen. If they do, they'll always be behind you because you're always getting better. They just, they're not going to catch up. And, but if you're consistently sharing all the people that you want to work with, they're going to know that's what they're going to, that's what's going to endear them, uh, you to them, right? Is knowing that you're just constantly giving, giving, giving. Imagine if you've never worked with us, you've heard us on our podcast. You've been listening to us for a couple of months or you listen to five or 10 podcasts, you realize that we give away a lot of stuff that we do with advisors. I'm not trying to keep it a secret. I've seen so many marketing websites like that and they pitch themselves like I have the the secret marketing bullet. You know, here's all the things we're going to do for you. Like all the outcomes you're going to achieve. Your world's going to be so brilliant. And they never talk about what they do. We throw that out there all the time. And I think it's been really critical in our growth and becoming known as influencers. And there'll be a time where you're being you're being generous and you might not see the outcomes, but keep being generous and it'll happen. Sometimes it takes a year or two for that to really kick in and for people to understand. Of course, you got to be consistent over that time too. But being just uh, generous is a mindset for marketing and life. Well, you know, Kirk, and, and I've, I've, I've said this on other podcasts, so a lot of times you aren't on that podcast, but uh, I, that's one of the reasons I partnered with you. Uh, I learned that from you very early on and I was so surprised at how generous you were with your thought leadership and thought it was something that I, I do firmly believe in abundance. And I think that it's important to have that abundance mindset. Uh, everybody who's listening, there's more than enough work to go around and there's really no reason for you to be fighting for the scraps underneath the table. All of you have the opportunity to be sitting at the table. There are hundreds of thousands of people who need good retirement planning, who need good financial planning, there is absolutely no reason for you to keep that stuff secret. Okay, that was 13. Let's go ahead and wrap it up with number 14. Yeah, number 13, 14 is one of my favorite, and that's being authentic. You, If you're, if you're trying to be a content marketer or if you're just trying to, be, do, to do marketing, marketing, by the way, is content marketing these days. Everything's about trying to be an influencer, give, keep, you know, share, showcase your expertise, who you work with, who you help the most. That is marketing. But how can you do that if you're using somebody else's content? So if you can't create your own authentic content and you can't be yourself when you are expressing that content, then it's not yours. There's no credibility to be gained when you borrow a thousand article database of financial content from your website provider or another company. I don't think those are the worst things. 
right? Those can be a resource, but they should not be what you lead with from a marketing perspective. I know there's campaigns out there that you can buy into, but you've got, you, you can do that on the side, but you have to have a way to share your own thoughts and ideas. People have to experience you, the authentic you, and find mediums. That's why we love podcasting so much, because it's very easy to be yourself on a podcast. It's a little more difficult on video. Most advisors I know aren't good enough at writing to showcase a lot of personality in there. It does take years. It's not a bad idea to do it. You know, you got to do what you got to do, what you want to do, what you feel good about doing. But podcasting, we feel, is wonderful because it, it's so quick to get to that authentic place. It's easy to do. It's enjoyable to do. Uh, I think it's for the what you get out of it. I think it's a wonderful cost, uh, wonderfully cost effective. But being authentic is finding that. It's also sharing your purpose and your whys, right? Why are you in this business? Why did you become a financial advisor? You want to share that. Be let people inside. Um, you don't have to be uh, stiff, analytical to be a great financial advisor. I mean, that probably most people listening are saying, "Yeah, yeah, we know that, buddy." <laughs> but you you want to be as authentic as you can in all situations, so that people get to experience the real you. And um, you'll attract people that you enjoy working with in that in that world too, because if you're not being yourself, you attract you end up attracting people who maybe you don't connect with. So that's the number 14. That's the 14th rule. Don't forget the 15th one, which is to put all the stuff together and work hard and earn those opportunities, especially the big ones and the fun ones. Well, Kirk, thanks for walking us through the 14 rules of advisor marketing success. We are going to do one on um, websites here real soon, and there's going to be a lot more stuff coming down the pipeline uh, from the thought leadership uh, from all of us here at Top Advisor Marketing. So thanks, man. Thank you. All right. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, make sure you click that subscribe now button below. And if you would like to uh, suggest a topic or you have a guest idea, uh, please just email me at matt at topadvisorm, and that M is for marketing. Also, if you wouldn't mind giving us a quick review on iTunes, that'd be super awesome. And uh, we want to thank everybody for consistently listening. We're uh, coming up on our 200th podcast, uh, which is a huge milestone for us. We'd love to uh, continue to provide you with the best information and what you really want from a financial advisor's world. So communicating with us is fantastic. Connect with Kirk and I on LinkedIn. And again, if you have any ideas or, or uh, uh, guest suggestions, please make sure that you just email me or contact us through social media. So for everybody at Top Advisor Marketing, this is Matt Hallern, and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Are you ready to change the way you communicate with your clients? Are you tired of being the best kept secret in your area? Learn how to become a prolific online influencer, attract more ideal clients, and grow your business. Contact us today and see what the power of podcasting can do for your business. Click on the Contact Us link on our website at topadvisormarketing.com and set up a call to learn more. Follow us on LinkedIn and Facebook for more updates and information. This was brought to you by iris.xyz a platform helping financial professionals become better in business and life through new media and new voices. Visit them and learn more at iris.xyz.